Greetings, this is Carl, and you are listening to another episode of Behavior Gap Radio, the podcast for real financial advisors all over the world. This is turning into a series now at this point. This is uh, part two of the series on humility. And if you haven't listened to the first part of the series, go listen to it. I think you'll enjoy it. You know, it's interesting. One other thing that's so valuable about humility is... And, and it's just the sense of being okay with not knowing everything. But there's a power that comes with humility. And, and, and one of the things I wanted to sort of focus on on this episode is the humility can be the solution to one of the big behavioral biases we all have, big cognitive biases we all have. And that is confirmation bias confirmation bias if you remember is it's typically how men make decisions and that's not a sexist statement it's actually backed up by research <laughs> and we all do it but it, it's it's a it's a larger problem for men um, we make decisions this way we 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 make a decision and then we go and look for research to back up what we have already decided to do and our research consists of summarily dismissing anything that disagrees with us and gathering evidence that supports what we've already decided. I mean, another way to think of this is you make a really important decision about how you're going to invest money for clients. And then, and after you've made the decision, you go look for evidence that it's the right decision. And in the morning, you wake up and there are 10 emails in your inbox that say, data and research that backs up what you the decision that you made. And there are 10 other emails that say data and research that disagree with the decision you made. You open 10 emails and you delete the other 10 and I don't have to tell you which one is which, right? So that's the problem, confirmation bias. And it's a deep problem because, and, and let me use another, at, at great risk, I want to use another example and that's politics. You know, if, if you are, and I'm going to use sort of a U.S.-centric example here. For those of you who are international, I think given how much the U.S. election has been in the news, you may still, <laughs> I don't think you'll have a problem following. Right? If you are conservative, a really conservative Republican, and by the way, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Let's be clear. <laughs> if you're a conservative Republican, I think I know what TV station you watch. And I'm pretty sure it's fair and balanced. I think I know what what um, newspaper you read and what radio stations you listen to and probably even what books you read. Now, I also know the same if you're a relatively liberal Democrat. I'm pretty sure I know what TV station you watch. Now, imagine for a minute you're a liberal Democrat in the United States. Imagine for a minute forcing yourself to sit down and watch, for instance, Fox News, the network that has the opposing view from you. And imagine trying to watch it without, <laughs> not to make fun of it or ridicule it, but imagine trying to watch it to actually understand the issue. Let me, let me give you another example with politics. If you're a relatively liberal Democrat, I'm pretty sure I already know who you talk politics with what friends you talk about politics and what friends you, you avoid the conversation with. Right? And I'm pretty sure they're all friends that agree with you. So that's sort of this confirmation bias problem. It's really hard to break. 
right? We don't naturally go out looking for people who are who have opposite views from us. We don't naturally do that. I know really smart people who do, but most of us don't naturally do that. And so that's why confirmation bias is such a huge problem is because we don't like to open ourselves up to the possibility that we may be wrong, right? That's So if, if I have a really strongly held belief or view and I go sit down on purpose and read a research paper that has the opposite view or watch a news channel that has the opposite view or meet with a friend that has an opposite view and I do it not to defend my position, but I do it instead because I'm intensely curious and the goal of the meeting is to walk out from the meeting and go, be able to say to yourself, honestly, I think I understand where they're coming from. You don't have to say, I agree, but the goal would be, I think I understand where they're coming from. And you may maybe even go so far as to say, I can actually see how a rational person would agree with that. Now, that may be a step too far, but at the very least, I think I understand where they're coming from. Now, here's the dilemma with confirmation bias. If you go into a meeting like that, with that goal, you have to be open to the possibility that you may change your mind. You have to be open to the possibility that you may actually be wrong. You have to be open to the possibility that you may learn that this firmly held belief, that there's a different way to look at it. And being open to that possibility is scary to us because it feels threatening. And that's where humility comes in. Right? Humility is sort of this pursuit of understanding and learning. And maybe it's, uh, it's kind of a stretch because truth is such a strong word. But it's the idea that I'm going to be committed to learning rather than being committed to being right. And that's really hard to do. But as, 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 as knowledge workers, you have to be committed to learning and you can't just be committed to being right. Because what if you discover by just being open, open to the possibility that there may be a different way of doing something that may, it, it just crazy, it may even be better than the way you've been doing it. If just being open to that may improve the quality of the advice that you're providing. Right? We have to be. It's almost like a requirement of a member of the secret society of real financial advisors is you have to be humble. You have to be open to the idea that you might be wrong. Now, I realize that it's easier said than done, but I just, as the second part of this series, I just wanted to really sort of praise the power and the benefit of humility. Being committed to learning rather than being committed to being right, practice it. I'd love to hear your stories. That wraps up episode two of the Humility series. And until we talk again, that wraps up another episode of Behavior Gap Radio.